I'm your host, Crystal Douglas. I'm a clothing designer and celebrity tailor, a wild Mustang tamer, and an entrepreneur addicted to self-education. This podcast is dedicated to sharing lessons from my experiences of building my own brand in the handmade and creative space. What started as a home sewing machine propped on the edge of a $30 Craigslist desk grew to be my dream job, a thriving sewing enterprise here in Nashville, Tennessee. If you make or design things for money, this, and let's be honest, every other episode of Pull the Thread will help you do that even better. I can't wait to dive into this next episode with you. So let's go. So my last month has looked wildly different than any other month this year, and I wanted to share why, because this episode is going to be a little bit of a different tone than previous episodes, because I have something to say, (laughs) and there are no spicy words, so if you've got little ears listening, there's no stress about that, but I brought an attitude today. I have something to say. Now is the time to say it. Over the last month, I've done a 30-day challenge, and it's called Miracle Mornings. It's based on a book by Hal Elrod, and it's a super easy read. It's stupid practical, but dude, in my list of goals that I set for myself on my last birthday, after 30 days of this challenge, half of those goals were either met or they had already seen like serious, substantial progress. And the gist of this challenge is called uh, Miracle Mornings, and it's an acronym called SAVERS. And so the the letter in, for each letter in SAVERS represents something. So you have silence, affirmations, visualization, exercise, reading, and scribing or writing. You know, he needed an S word. So anyways, the idea is that you have already, you've done each of these things all before breakfast. So now you've done six things before you've even started your day. So whatever else you have on your to-do list today feels a little less daunting and you're able to approach that list with better mental clarity and strategy and health. And I am terrible about exercise unless it involves a horse. I'm not good at it. I don't find enjoyment in it. I will never be a gym rat. That's not who I am. Uh, I also, I felt like I moved backwards like really, really badly during COVID, like with my health and I had long COVID. And I mean, I physically felt zero strength in my body for at least like six months after having it. And I'd had like OG COVID in 2020 and it hit hard uh, every aspect of my life. (laughs) And so I really actually felt like I'd lost a ton of uh, health in general from that. And I never quite rebounded with the strength that I used to have. And so this whole routine has actually been really, really helpful. Um, So yeah, I've done it for 30 days. And I knew that if I wanted more out of this year, I had to be more disciplined. I knew it was going to take more work on my part. And I will absolutely say like Miracle Mornings is a fantastic way to give yourself the kick that you need to change your habits, therefore changing your state. My habits over the course of that month raised nearly every standard that I had for myself. And then it hit me. Your life is a reflection of your standards. Over my years in business, my standards have changed. And I, I know this. I have, I have written documentation because the scribing, the journaling part of my morning, I've been doing that every day since before I started a company. 
Most days I journal, unless something happened in the morning or I'm catching an early flight or something, I at least have one page on what is going on in my head. And good Lord, if all those journals ever saw the light of day. However, I can flip back to the very beginning, the start of my company, and I can read what my exact thoughts were, what my goals were, what I was doing on a day-to-day basis. And babe, I can go through the, the least productive and the least profitable years of my life and I can read what I was doing in the micro. I can read the activities that I had on my to-do list all day and I can compare that to the to-do list items on my most profitable, most successful, most prolific years. And let me tell you, those two to-do lists are not the same. If you have been in the planning phase, if you have been in the preparation phase, if you are still in the organizing phase and you've been in this in this purgatory in your life for a year, let's say you have not seen progress in your goals and your ambitions in your life for a year, this episode is for you. So episode 27 is you only have two choices. And are you willing to do what it takes? Those old journal entries that I was telling you about, here's the crazy thing. My expectation from my business for me was to put gas in my gas tank. And if you've been listening since episode one, you know, I used to be the girl driving my broken down Jeep all around East Nashville on an empty tank praying it would not run out of gas in my customers' driveways as I was picking up alterations and barely scraping by. And you know why? It's because that was my freaking standard. That was the hope that I had journaled for. That was what my goal was. And rather than setting my goal higher and at least landing with a full tank of gas, I suffered and I spun those Jeep wheels again and again and again until I raised my standard to the next level. And over the years, my friend circles have changed, my mind has changed, my relationships with people have changed, the things that I think and I believe about running a business has changed, my ethos has changed, and really the only thing that you can expect is change. Evolving change is the only constant there is. In your life, You only ever have two choices. You can evolve or you can remain. You can change or you can stay exactly where you are. And I've got news for you. Evolving is hard. (laughs) It requires showing up to do the same new things every single day and having that discipline. That's where it comes back to why discipline was my word for this year because I knew that like my word didn't need to be a a figure in the bank account. It didn't need to be uh, the name of a launch. It needed to be discipline because I knew that my success towards every single other goal that I set for myself this year all hinged on my own self-discipline. And I am so tired. I am so tired of seeing creatives crying, crying in one spot and wishing they were in a better one, wishing that they were more successful, but having zero discipline and zero willingness to evolve. If you want to have higher standards for your life, if you look around and you are not full of satisfaction with your current goals and your current work and your current life, it's time to evolve. And evolving is not convenient. And I know for me, 
creating that discipline along with that comes an entire new routine and entire new expectations of myself and day-to-day habits that I must have to reach those goals. So if that's you, if you are sitting there and you are crying without moving forward, even if you're in in the the phases of suck, (laughs) episode 27 is for you because now is the time. I want this episode to be the moment for you where you choose to either evolve or remain. The bad things that have happened to you might not have been your fault. I get that. It's unfair. The cuts and the scrapes that have happened were not on you. But it's your choice whether or not you want to heal. No one will do that for you. And you are all that you have. What's worse than creatives crying in one spot and wishing they were in a better one is thinking the world owes them for simply being creative. If you want more, you're going to have to produce more. You don't get to evolve and remain at the same time. If you choose to evolve, that means starting today, your habits have to look different. You're not a tree. If you are uncomfortable in your current state, you can move. You can get up. You can evolve. You will have to leave whatever is making you unhappy behind and stop convincing yourself that you're fine right where you are so that you don't have to handle the discomfort of standing up, whether it's your old house, your friend circle, your job, whatever it takes. The relationship that you have with yourself is the most important thing that you have. And if you aren't thriving, if deep down you aren't content, then you already know what has to happen and it's time to evolve. And as you evolve, you're going to lose people. And that's okay because keeping the wrong people around you while you are trying to grow to new levels is like wearing heels to a theme park. And they may look great and they may support you in a different circumstance, but we all know that bringing them with you to Disney and wearing them while you walk seven miles or stand in line is a suicide mission. So you're going to leave people behind and they're going to say that you changed and be mad that you've decided to not bring them along with you. They're going to call you disloyal, but you're doing the opposite. See, because you're being loyal to yourself and the right circle of support will never make you feel like you have to choose between being loyal to yourself and loyal to them. Because anybody criticizing you evolving or putting you down for no longer being willing to tread water while they stand on your shoulders in the sunshine, or they're celebrating your misfortune, we're only doing so because their insecurities benefited from you treading water. You were never meant to be a silent statue in a dark room. So if you're listening to my opinionated heavy-handed pep talk, and you're like, yeah, you're right, Crystal, I hear you, it's time to evolve. Okay, which means we have to change our standards. So your next step is to choose the new standard that you're setting for yourself and your business moving forward every freaking day after today. What's it going to be? If you've decided to evolve, the next move needs to be one out of the business owner's playbook. So There is a thing called peacetime and wartime management. So for instance, business owners during COVID were absolutely in wartime management. So peacetime management financially would be looking over the finances uh, once every couple weeks or once a month or even like once a quarter and doing that deep dive then. Wartime is looking at it every single day. 
Where are we at in the numbers? Where are we at in the payroll? Where are we at in the overhead? Where are we at in the receivables? That's wartime management. That's the first thing that I want you to apply to multiple different areas of your life. Where am I spending my money? Where am I spending my time? Where am I spending my energy? Go over your planner and I want to know exactly what habits you've been doing on your to-do list that are contributing to the bottom line daily and the bottom line for the future trajectory of your business. If you don't see things that work for the short term and the long term on your to-do list, there's one of your issues right there. The way that you spend your days is the way you spend your life. So if there's really not much happening there in the to-do list that moves the bottom line in a daily, immediate money way and in a long-term strategic way, that's where you're headed. You're going to remain. You're not going to evolve. And doing so daily lights a fire up under you because it sort of retrains your subconscious that this is urgent. This is imminent. Rather than treating your goals like something off in a faraway place, you need to start looking at them as if your goal is on your to-do list today. In uncertain times, you have to be willing to operate in wartime management. You deserve to wake up and know who you are and know how many good things you have going for you. And I never see that happen in my own life before the choice was made to evolve. So if you woke up with a purpose and a to-do list for your long and your short-term goals, you would go to bed far more often with satisfaction. The next thing that's going to change your circumstance and up your standards is to move your body. And I know that sounds silly, but in the very beginning of me doing this challenge, I had a really hard time doing anything more than a couple yoga stretches. And then as the days went on, I found myself doing a little bit more and a little bit more. And then I was catching myself listening to different meditations that would naturally progress and lead into a quick uh, in like stand in place workout, right? And so I didn't need any equipment. I didn't need to do anything serious. It wasn't like heavy lifting, jump to the gym, all of that. But it was just enough to get my circulation and my blood flowing first thing in the morning to where I wanted to strike off more tasks from my to-do list. And I really, really, really want that same immediate instant gratification for you too. I had a friend about seven, eight years ago. And I think life just sort of, we naturally grew apart. And uh, she had always talked about she wanted to write a book and no attempts were made, but she would talk about it all the time. And at this point in time, it's probably been seven years, still no book. And while this isn't to just be critical of an old friend, it's more so to make a point. That if you don't change your day-to-day to-do list items, if you don't create discipline and raise the standards for your day-to-day, you cannot possibly raise the standards on your entire life without making those incremental day-by-day changes. And your success is not up to anyone else. It's up to you. So if you're in the gray, you need to know that just because the current people that you're trying to sell your product to or your service to can't comprehend how incredible you are and how great your work is, that's not your problem. Your problem is finding people who do. So the first thing I want you to do is answer the question, what do customers want? And then the next question is, can I get them what they want? (laughs) 
And then the third question becomes, how do I deliver it to them? Because see, when marketing is done right, selling becomes pretty unnecessary. And the definition of marketing is actually just finding out what your customers want. So what do your customers want? And how do you know that that's the right answer? Because if you don't know, you might be missing the mark. What is the solution that you need to design that meets their needs and addresses their pain? You may already have a solution. The product that you make with your bare hands may be the solution, but you might not be asking the right questions that lead to the solution. Therefore, your marketing is all over the place and disorganized. Therefore, you're not landing in the correct place in the market. Do you have the ability? Do you have the skill sets and the resources to successfully build this solution? Uh, My one sales pitch is like, if you are trying to have the framework for craft-based work and figure out, like use a pattern that actually works and don't spin your wheels, I built a course for that. That's called the six-figure sewing pattern. And it's my actual framework that I have built a multi-six-figure business that is generating multi-six figures every single year using this same freaking pattern again and again and again, it's working. If you're trying to develop a clothing line and you can't seem to get emails responded to and you don't really feel like you've gotten further than a sketch or maybe like a semi-haptic crappy sample, then I have a different course for that. That's Project Fashion Forward and that's gonna walk you through the steps of how to put all of these different uh, these different pieces together to get you to the finish line on your designs. Odds are you just don't know how to say the words that you need to say to the right people. That's what that's for. That's the skill set. That's the resources to successfully build your s- solutions to give to other people. Your next question is how will I deliver it to them? And after that, what is the experience that these customers want? This isn't rocket science. It's straightforward. The problem is you've been jumping to the solution because you think that you know it when in reality, your ideal customers, they already have the solution in mind. You don't have to show them that there is a solution. You just need to provide them the best experience for that solution. So that's the next question. What is the experience these customers want? And then what exactly is the gap between where my customers are frustrated and what the competition is doing? The next question becomes, where can we find pockets of target customers who are frustrated with our competition? Where is the competition weak or deficient in delivering the outcomes and the solutions and the value that the market demands? What should we be doing to communicate to potential customers that we're the painkiller for their pain? And I know that I've talked about this before, but people buy painkillers, man. They're not buying vitamins, okay? So it's a lot harder to sell a vitamin than it is a painkiller. So how do you want to present your product as a painkiller rather than a supplement? What should we be doing? How do we communicate that? What are the three primary problems the pains that my target market has? And then where have I substituted my judgment for what I want to deliver for what the customers actually want to receive? Because that is usually where you're choosing to remain rather than evolve. If you were able to just answer all of these questions on paper, whether you had to pause it or play it back, 
dang, because that's your strategy. That's the thing that has been holding you up from moving forward. That's the thing that you have been lamenting over for a year plus without making any traction. And we kept all of it to less than 10 minutes. So every bit of self-respect and power you need to do more than just survive and just get by is already in you. But you get to choose. Are you going to involve or remain? Sounds like you've got work to do. Catch you next time on Pull the Thread.